Today on the Marvel Cinematic Universe podcast, we are discussing Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Season 7, Episode 2, Know Your Onions. All that right for this ad we have no control over. I'm a Chronicom. <laughs> Sergeant Chronicom, trusted friend. Welcome to the Marvel Cinematic Universe podcast. My name's Matthew Carroll. And I'm Jeff Randall. Jeff Randall, what is happening, my friend? Man, this is two for two good weeks of having having Marvel content, having Marvel Cinematic Universe content, and it feels so good to be back in the saddle, man. Yeah, this was a really good episode. Uh, we'll get into the particulars of it in a second. The one thing I feel like uh, was not so great. I do feel like this two-parter was very weighted in the first episode. I feel like a lot happened in the first episode to set up the world and everything, set up the idea of the season. And then in this last episode, in this episode, it felt like not much happened in 45 minutes com- in comparison. So I feel like they could have balanced it slightly different, maybe. Um, I don't know. Yeah, It, it just felt like uh, it felt a little, but I think they wanted to end the last episode the way they ended the last episode. So you know, it just felt like they didn't have, they didn't write more story for this episode. Like really not much happened. Um, but I enjoyed it. I enjoyed all the character interactions and everything, but it, it just not a lot happened. Yeah. It felt more, uh, I guess character discussion heavy, like character interaction heavy. Like they, they built on their character or not even built. They, they expressed their character through interactions with each other uh, and not so much on, uh, building character via plot happening or yeah. them driving plot rather because plot happening to characters is a bad thing <laughs> well yeah and just just uh so spoiler alert we're gonna talk about this episode of shield so uh just to just to recap what this what this episode is this is the second episode of season seven they found out they've just found out that freddie malik is who they're supposed to protect he's a, the one of the originators of hydra at least the version that S.H.I.E.L.D. rises against. And they realize to save S.H.I.E.L.D., they have to save HYDRA. And so this episode is basically Freddy gets on a train and they try to figure out where they've gone. And then eventually they track him <laughs> down. And then the Chronicoms attack. All of this could have happened at the docks. You know what I mean? Like, really yep. all of this. And, and I, I don't want to complain about it because really this entire episode, it, the only real action is the moral decision of whether or not to kill or save Freddy. Yeah. And that's a huge decision. Yes. And, and, you know, it has a lot of, uh, a lot of implications and, and especially the way that Daisy threw herself at it. Like there are some, there's some big ramifications that come with that. Yeah. And, man. Her telling Deke to take the shot was crazy. I didn't was nuts. <laughs> it also shows how far she's come as a character from season one. Like she was the character that was like, you know, freedom. People should be free. Yeah, uh, we shouldn't let this weird, strange Shield organization tell us what to do or like control our lives. You know, all that stuff. We are the rising tide. We are the rising tide. Fight against Shield. And now she's like, I'm gonna make a decision to completely change the timeline. Because I, my gut says so. Like, it's it's a really different world. And she's just a, such a different character. But it doesn't feel out of place. It doesn't feel like she jumped the shark or anything. It feels like she legitimately uh, re- yeah. reached I mean, we here. Can see, we, it feels like we went with her on the journey to get there. And we've seen her grow over seven seasons, you know? Yeah, I totally agree. Totally I mean, agree. Uh, uh, we should... <laughs> 
No, no, we shouldn't. I was about to say we should go back and watch season one again. Um, I, I do but, want to. I, I kind of wanted to before this season came out. I just didn't have the time <laughs> with everything yeah. else we've been putting out. I just didn't have the time. That's fair. That's fair. It's weird that how much uh, I, the trivia. I love doing it, but it does add a lot to my week weirdly because I have to watch a movie, write a bunch of questions. I think once we get caught up with trivia uh, where we have a, a bunch of movies with questions written. Like I'll be able to just pull from those and not have to rewatch every time. But right, right now I'm trying to build, I'm trying to really build quality original questions. So like it's, it's taking a lot of work, but yeah, I think it'll, I think it'll level out after a little while. Yeah. I, I personally don't like the questions that are like, well, who's the actor that played this character? I don't either. Like, That's why I haven't done any of that. I know like, it's garbage. Ask well, me a question about what happened in the movie. Yeah. I want all the questions to be about, the movie itself. Like if you watch the movie, you should be able to get this question if you paid close enough attention or if you just happen to notice, maybe the questions are hard, but they, they're not going to be like, I mean, every once in a while, an actor question isn't so bad, but like, like I asked, I asked one that mentioned Paul Bettany, but it didn't have, it wasn't about Paul Bettany. I don't know. Anyway, uh, that that's not about shield at all. Uh, join us at (laughs) twitch.tv slash trended Panda TV on Wednesday nights at seven 30 for MCU trivia. Uh, I, I want to make it just geek trivia, but like we're we're, we're kind of gonna be able to do. We could probably just keep doing MCU trivia for at least two years and not run out of questions, <laughs> which is kind of nuts. Yeah, it's also fun to think about though, because like there's just so much. Yeah, you know, the the MCU just in movies alone, it's twenty three movies. You know. Yeah. Like. That's a lot. There's so there's three thousand minutes. Yeah. If we do plus one, another one. If we do one movie a week, keep doing fifteen questions. One movie a week. That's half a year. And each movie, I'm writing fif- about fifty or sixty questions for. So that's like a four. I could do four for every movie, or whatever. Yeah. It's like, like I could do this for a long time without so many questions as I'm writing and stuff. Um, but anyway, it, it's been fun. Anyway, back to shield. Back we to digress shield. again. We digress all day. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Did you ever play the uh, the RPG game Chrono Trigger? Uh, mm, is that the one where you press the button down with your foot and pull the trigger? No. Okay. Didn't know. <laughs> no, that's time crisis. I'm thinking of time <laughs> crisis. <laughs> Yes, that is Time Crisis, and that's a, that's an entirely different game that I played way too much. Yeah, of. I like Time Crisis a lot. Time Crisis 3 was my jam. Anyway, so in Chrono Trigger, there is a character who is a robot, and there's a bit of a, uh, there's a, a time travel mechanic involved in, in this game, uh, where you, uh, travel into the past, into the future, into current, um, and I think there's like 10,000 years in the future. Anyway, at one point you are, uh, you have the opportunity to leave your robot character in, uh, in a particular point in time and then travel forward a hundred years. And then he has done all this work on a farm and like, uh, he's, he's grateful for the time to have, you know, been able to put into helping these people in this area. Yeah. Uh, but he's ready to go. And I felt such, pull toward that when Enoch missed the plane. Like when uh-huh. he missed his flight, I was just like, Oh, it's, it's robo. Like, okay. Yeah. Th- this reminds me of a whole lot of different sci-fi tropes or sci-fi stories where something like this happens, where, uh, someone is left in the past and they use some way to like 
travel time forward or whatever, or just like sit through time. This happened uh, to a character in uh, Doctor Who that I recall. It also reminds me a little bit of uh, Back to the Future 3 when Doc Brown gets transported back to the past. And so he like leaves a message for Marty that like is supposed to reach him in the distant future. Um, yep. Send something by the U.S. mail or whatever. I freaking love it. <laughs> No, it was Western Union. Yeah, that's what it was. He, he got Western Union to deliver a package to an exact location uh, 200 years in the future or whatever. Really, really fun. I, I love that kind of stuff. Just just really, really fun. Yeah, yeah. So we're going to see, I'm thinking at least, we're going to see some of this... Uh, some of this build world, uh, what world building almost. <laughs> right. I, I call it world building, but it's like, it's really just like Enoch fulfilling Shield's destiny yeah. based on his knowledge. Well, um, also, it's going to be, I mean, it, this is the, the origins of the Koenig family, which I love. It's, yep. it's, we're going to get to see Enoch get to have even a closer relationship with humankind and, and with Koenig specifically. Um, we're going to get this just, Really interesting, uh, really interesting dynamic. Like, or you know, this could be. You know what? You know what I think. You know what I think is going to happen. This is not what's going to happen. But I, but I would, I would not mind it if they never see them again. Oh no! And then next season, we get the Koenig and Enoch show. <laughs> <laughs> this is this is just a backdoor pilot, baby. This is a backdoor yeah. pilot all day. <laughs> It's a period piece. Yeah. It's oh my a gosh, I would love it. It's like, Koenig and Enoch. Uh, they come out with SSR <laughs> next year or whatever, and it's like the beginnings of the SSR that leads to Shield, and like you get to see whatever seven seasons of that. I would so watch uh, a a Koenig and Enoch show, man. I was I was just all for it. <laughs> Especially when uh, you know it, Patton Oswalt is such a great little just he's a treat to have on this show and it feels like he is he's 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 just chewing every bit of of scenery that he is around i mean (laughs) he said marvelous twice in this episode it was as if he was like i'm never maybe i may not be on many marvel things after this so let me just say marvelous Marvelous. Marvelous. Uh, and he got to ride along on the, this is a, this is a real life rocket ship. It's a real life rocket ship. You're love, Martians. Yeah, I love it. I love it so much. I just, I, I just, love that he's that great. fanboy that we are, you know? Yes. He, well, he is. And he's also just this, he's just amazed by their technology and it's just such a cool way to like show, get him inspired to create what will become shield not only in his own lifetime, but like he's inspiring his children and grandchildren as Enoch says to be a part of this thing. And it's just a great way to, to set him on his mission and to give a, a a sentient chronicom to him to like, sort of like set him in the right way. You know, I just, I love it. I love it so much. When Enoch was like, and so will your grandchildren. I was like, what, Mm -hmm. what did you just say? Well, uh, that's, he, I think he's, that's the Koenigs we know, right? The, yeah. The yeah. Triplets. Yeah. Love it. I love it. Um, I think that's the, that's the hint though, is that they might be, they might be Chronicom LMDs. Right. I want to learn everything about robots. Uh, and then he says, whatever you want to call yourself. Uh, but I want to learn everything about robots and it's, it's real. it's like still leaving it at open that they might be LMDs, but they might not yep. be, they might actually be his grandchildren. So I don't know. <laughs> It's really funny that they, 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 they no, that we don't know. 
Um, I loved Gemma in this episode. For, yeah. First of all, she, she gets to co- stand up for herself multiple times. And I love her coming to the door dressed to the nines in full agent Carter outfit. Yes. Uh, just that hat, that outfit was so agent Carter. I love when she got to be like, I'm not a dame, I'm a doctor. And then I'm a biochemist, not a bird. <laughs> like, yep. Just so good. I love that there was alliteration in both of those. I know. It's really, really great. It's very Gemma Simmons. <laughs> I love her confidence and like her pushing back on the society, just just like uh, Mac was yep. doing, but just having to hold himself down because ripples not waves, ripples not waves, and she just does not. She's like swordfish, now let me in, get out of the way, move. I have somebody to save. Yeah, yeah, so good. <sighs> Got to see a I bunch of twenties people responding to the radio, which was fun. <laughs> oh yeah, it's got to be plugged into something. They <laughs> kept saying that. I loved. Uh, Koenig didn't believe it. Koenig wouldn't. I like it. It shows a curiosity. There's a little tick that Koenig does that I really loved because he's like, it has to be plugged into something. It has to be plugged into something. And then he holds the radio up to his head and then he looks down Colson's sleeve as if it's as if it's a magic trick. And I just I love that moment so much because I don't know if that's like something that would have been scripted, but is absolutely the kind of curiosity that Koenig will need to go forth and found the SSR and shield, you know? Absolutely. Absolutely it is. Yeah. And I, like the way that he like He's looking around like, where, where's the voice coming from? Like, are there speakers somewhere that's, that's not this? That right? like, he's looking for every for every trick that he knows to look for. When in reality, it's just it's just technology advanced, man. Like, yeah. come on, magic. Catch up with the times, yo. Uh, science that is significantly advanced is indistinguishable from magic. Yeah, yeah. There Arthur C. Clarke, right there. He wrote science fiction. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, this is a precursor to science fact. That's right. <laughs> You're right. You're right. All right. Let's see. Uh, I just, this episode was great. I liked uh, Coulson is great in this episode. Him with the Tommy gun with the ripped suit. Oh, it, man. It's just so badass looking. Just so much I need, fun. I need Clark Gregg to be in a period 20s era, 20s and 30s era, um, bootlegger show yeah like i don't care what it's about you know i don't care what story there is i just i I need that to be the uh the aesthetic i need that to be the the costumery and i need him to star in it because this look fit him so well it really did uh, and just the whole cast got to play dress up, basically. And they're yeah. going to continue <laughs> to do that. And what's exciting to me is they also introduced the idea. We knew that tides were a thing, and we kind of assumed that they'd be jumping to different time periods throughout the show. But this shows that they they are jumping. A, they are jumping. And I think the fact that they left Enoch there, to me, says they're definitely jumping forward. So I think what we're the starts, the structure of this season, if I had to guess, is going to be them jumping forward to key moments in shield history and seeing those like key moments, either keeping them on course or continuing to have this argument about whether they should keep it on course or fight it, you know? Yeah. And I think that a lot of it is going to be like, they're going to be jumping through time and Enoch is going to be left behind every time. 
and he's going to be our exposition hmm. into what's going on in this era. I wonder every time. I, 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 if that's true, I hope next time it's a decision because it'll feel silly if they just keep leaving him. <laughs> he just keeps being too slow. But it's I can like, absolutely see he stays there till the fifth, uh, till the forties or whatever. And we're going, it'd be so amazing if we jumped in the SSR in the in the middle of World War Two or whatever. You know, like if we actually like see. I don't know from the, from the back end, we see like the battles that like Captain America is fighting on the front lines and we're somewhere in there or whatever, you know, like it'd be so much fun, so much fun. Uh, and, yeah. and I think based on the way this ended with Malik saying, you think, you know, me, you don't know me. And he shoots the guy who want, thinks of him like a son. Like he thinks of the, him as like this kid he's protecting, you know? And he's like, uh, uh, Freddie, you don't have to do it. You don't have to do it. You can, uh, you, you don't have to be this. You don't have to be like your father. And he said, you, you think you know me. You don't know me. And he looks dark. And that's like, that is such a cool origin story. And if we jump forward, so say 10, 20 years, like Malik is going to be fully come into his powers. And we're going to get to see Freddie Malik, uh, Hydra agent. You know what I mean? It looks yeah. And the super soldier serum will have been fully developed. And like, man, what if they? What if Shield has to help Red Skull be created? Like, oh, what if what if what if Erskine, like actor and all, shows up? But like, while he's still working oh. for Red Skull, I would love it so much. Oh man, that's Stanley Tucci, right? That is Stanley Tucci. I would freaking love, and he could he could totally pull that off. He's playing such an older character in that in that role with the gray, long gray hair and everything. Uh, he could totally pull off that. Uh, that he had longer hair, right? Am I or am I conflating two different Stanley Tucci characters? I think you're putting. Um, I think you're putting Doc Brown on it. <laughs> I'm not putting Doc <laughs> Brown on it. Doc Brown had long, crazy white hair. Yeah, I didn't say crazy. Oh yeah, you're right. He just has he has long for the time. He's got he has scraggly hair in the movie. It looks like I'm looking at it now. Um, he has scraggly hair, but it's not that long. Um, either way though, hair notwithstanding. Sorry, I'm not a hairstyle consultant. Uh, yeah, we got to bring Ashley on. That is that. the supreme intelligence, Ash Coffin, who <laughs> who is who, who's our hairstyle consultant that we will need to reach out to, to find out. Um, but yeah, I'd love it if Stanley Tucci could show up in this yes. role again. I'd be, and that's, I feel like that's a get this show could get, you know, even if they yeah. can't get cap back, but they absolutely should get a young captain America before his transformation. I want it so bad. Oh, I want it so bad. <laughs> you know, it would be great to have that. I don't think that they're going to get it. I don't think that, I don't even know that they're going to go to that time frame. I, I have a feeling that they're going to skip that time frame and we're going to see like an older like uh, 50s, 60s kind of era. Yeah, like 50s Daniel Sousa because um, Daniel Sousa is supposed to be in the show. He's supposed to be the, yeah. the Agent Carter crossover. Um, if we could get like an older, uh, older Daniel Sousa, older Agent Carter would be great. Um I'd also like to see an older Tommy Lee Jones, Colonel Phillips, mm. because he was so fun in the movie. He was, he was, but I feel like that's a big get. And also he was playing his age and it's been 10 years and he's a much older dude now. Of course, I guess it could be 10 years later, but I feel like he's too big of a get for the show. Well, yeah, but if it's, I mean, if it's in the fifties, then yeah, 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 for sure. You know? Yeah, like yeah it fits. absolutely. 
Um, well, and well, that would definitely leave out Erskine. Uh, if, if uh, yeah, yeah. But <laughs> Who is dead. Regardless, they don't have they don't have to do any of that for this season to be good. I just they they have these opportunities, and it would be really cool if they were able to pull some sort of cameo off from a character that still exists. I mean, we're getting Susa, but he's he's someone from the uh, from the shows, not someone from the. Um, from the movies. Not somebody from the movies. I'd like to see. I mean, they had so many cameos early on that were crossovers from the movies, you know, uh, Fury yeah. shows, Fury showing up, uh, Sif. Maria Hill, Sif. And then we just kind of left, lost that completely. And I'd like to see it again. It would be nice. It'd be nice to have somebody back. Yeah. Especially these characters that like, haven't had a chance to cameo because, you know, it's not their time period or whatever. Yeah, right. I'd love right? I, I mean, I'd love to see Howard and Jarvis, you know? Oh man. Be so rad. Yeah. It would be so rad. I mean, I know we know Seuss coming, but like I wanna I Seuss is gonna be upset for Cap dancing with his girl. Ooh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, um uh, other things we didn't talk about yet. May is being weird. <laughs> you know, <clears throat> May is you know, at first I thought it was like, wow, she's really phoned it in on this performance yeah. here. Oh no, her acting seems stilted, but I think it's on purpose. <laughs> yeah, I think it's very much on purpose. Uh, after, you know, after she said, I'm not, I don't feel anything. I'm not feeling anything yeah. to Enoch. I was like, oh, yeah, oh. Yeah, something's wrong with her. Something's she, wrong. I need to go back and rewatch season six because I feel like I'm not remembering exactly what she went through. Cause he talked about her like fighting through the land of the dead and all that stuff. And I was like, I kind of remember that in the <laughs> um, spirit world. Yeah. So that's a spirit world. Um, that, and then when she sees Colson and he says, I was dead and she Oof. said, you still are. And you just still walks are. away. Oh God. Way to rip my heart out. Jerk. Yeah, for sure. Like, ah, uh, when, <clears throat> Uh, when she saw him, I was like, oh man, Coulson's been acting so much like Coulson and it's been, it's been really great. And having him in the, in the speakeasy, the way that he kind of took control of the team and, you know, deferred everything to Mac, but was still like taking control of his unit. Like it's such a Coulson thing to do. And he's so great. Like this LMD Coulson is perfect. Yeah. And then when he met May, and she just straight like spiked his face into the ground. I was like, "Oh, yeah." Well, there goes my heart. <laughs> well, it, it, it's just so pleasant to have him back and acting like himself and being himself on the screen again. And uh, yeah, but he's not him. And and, and May uh, is not going to be in love with the machine. That's not the kind of girl she is, at least at this point. But I think she's. I think he'll grow on her for sure. I don't know, man. And she probably, has no emotion apparently. But he'll probably end up dying again because that's what he does. <laughs> Yeah, it's kind of his M.O. Yeah, it's his thing. But again, (laughs) on this show, we don't kink shame. Yeah. Uh, What? What? I don't know. uh, I'm just saying it was his thing. It just made sense. Uh, I love, love, love when uh, when he uh, yells, die, coppers. Um, Koenig yells, die, coppers, as he's he's running into, die, coppers, (laughs) as he's driving up. When they drove by. So good. Another yep. great line from them, uh, from that uh, area of the, uh, really, just a, just a great line in general, uh, when Koenig says, nothing damaged but my faith in humanity. <laughs> I do not know how to repair that. <laughs> it's so good. 
It's so good. It's just such dry wit from a chron- Chronicom. I just love it. Yep. I just, I love his deadpan delivery. Yep. Um, the some of the other humor bits that really made me made me chuckle a lot in this episode were uh, were Deke. Like Deke's already a a man out of time, right? He's mm-hmm. gone back into the past, and you know he's got that going for him, sure. But when he goes back even farther uh, into the twenties, and <laughs> or I'm sorry, into the thirties, and <laughs> and Freddie's like, we got to give him the slip. <laughs> And Deke's like, yeah, yeah, and we gotta lose him. <laughs> yeah, he's, just, he's he's lost. The slang he's not adapted to this level, this this era's slang just yet. It is so funny to watch. Yeah, it's really good. Uh, what do you think is up with Yo-Yo? Can't seems like she doesn't have her speed powers. I mean, and for some reason she's not admitting it, which I I really hate when characters just like something's wrong like and that. they just hide things for hide it for no reason. <laughs> Yeah. Just just well, say, hey, yeah, boss that relies on me to be able to save people. I might not be able to do that. I, and that's important knowledge for you to know. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's re- It would be really irresponsible of me to not tell you this. So I'm going to go ahead and do it. Man, how dumb would it be if I didn't tell you this right now? <laughs> clink, clink, clink glasses. Freeze frame. <laughs> 80s music plays. <laughs> Oh, shit. <laughs> I love the clink glasses. Like, at first it was just like, I'm coming to you in your office to give you some information. But nope, they're no, at a man. bar. Oh, they're ending, they're ending like, it's like a sex in the, end of a Sex in the City episode or something. Oh, sure. Totally. <laughs> what the... F- <laughs> oh, man. So, it did look like she was you know, like going into the speed force or whatever, like she was, she was, she was perceiving at super speed that the bottle was falling, but why didn't she do anything about it? It makes me think about our theory, which I don't know if it's theory time, uh, but it, 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 it so I guess it's theory time because we're about in with, done with this uh, quick, quick yeah. drop episode. Uh, this could be her not having a heartbeat or it could be her, her, <laughs> Power's not working properly because of vampirism mixed with uh, whatever she has mixed with, you know, we were talking about her not having a heartbeat. So it would give her the ability to speed all the time, but maybe she can't speed at all. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm assuming she has a heartbeat because I think that's something Gemma would have caught on the uh, physical. (laughs) Maybe. <laughs> Maybe <laughs> I feel I feel like she's a, she's she's a, she's a biologist. I think that would be the first thing you really like check into. She's a biochemist. She she's a biologist too. She's a doctor. Yeah, she's also she's also a dame. No, no, she would get mad at you, and, and she I know does I know. not like being called that. <laughs> I just love that she immediately puts her foot down. Like, hey, no. Yeah, not a dame. I'm a doctor. Also, speaking of Gemma and theory time, how long was she gone, Enoch? A considerable amount of time. How long? Considerable. A considerable amount of time. So they're definitely hiding that from us, and now they're hiding it in plain sight to the, to the point that it's like clearly there is something going on with the time issue of them being gone or, or of, yeah. of her being gone. So, uh, I, I think she's an LMD. I think that yep. she has been, uh, she's been gone for like, cause she came back 
having saved May's life uh, from certain death, um, and then she uh, came, and then and then she, and they came back with a time ship. Like they they had a lot of time to work on this stuff and figure it out. And so like I just think I think she's been gone. I think there's something up with them, and they're like have been gone for a hundred years or whatever. Oh yeah. 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 Absolutely. I, you know, after watching, like I watched the first episode twice and, um, after watching this one and seeing the way that, you know, she reacted in the first one and the way that she just does not care about anybody that's, you know, not immediately on the team, how she's just like, I'm here to do my job. Shut up, move. Like, it's not it's not the Gemma Simmons that we knew from seasons prior. Like this is this is a this is an experienced, world weary Gemma Simmons. Yeah. Like this is a completely different Gemma. She's been around for a minute. And in order to still look like the way that she does, she either has to have some sort of de-aging technology or she has put herself into an LMD. Yeah. I think they they both put themselves into LMDs because they, like Captain America, decided it was time for them to settle down and, and enjoy their lives. So they copied themselves over to LMDs because they've got multiple copies of themselves. They've got the one that the Chronicoms uh, downloaded. They've got the ones from the framework. Like, there's lots of ways they could be put into a LMD body. And I think that happened. And then they got to live out their days together. And uh, Deke is going to get to see his Grammy and Pop Pop one last time at the end. Bobo. Bo- Bobo, okay. Uh, yeah. whatever, whatever they called them, <laughs> he's going to get to see his grandparents who raised him one last time. And I think yep. that's going to be really beautiful. We're going to get to see that they got stuck. They got to be together forever, uh, till, you know, till the end of their lives. And they still got to complete the mission and Deke will get a little bit of resolution to his story. Like, I think that's where we're going. I mean, this is two episodes of not seeing fits. You know, yeah, uh, in a final season, I feel, and that's sad for that actor. Like he's been a part of the show for six years. I want to, I want to see him every episode. I want to know what's going on with him. But I, I think, similar to previous seasons, I think we're going to get fit centric episodes once everything kind of, uh, once we figure out what's going on in the main storyline. Which we we just this 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 I'm glad I'm they're doing what they're good at, which is sticking to a story, telling us that story. And uh, I do I do kind of feel like this episode as I mentioned at the top was a little, uh, light on story. Um, but it was good. And I, I, I it was light on story. So the, the interest, most interesting part to me was the, the humor was good, but also, uh, the ethical discussion of whether you should save or save or stop Freddie. You know what I mean? Yeah. That was the most interesting part to me. And they had that discussion, but not to my, personal star trek liking like I, I i needed like the conference room table where they sit around and really bat around this idea and uh they they they, they, they mention it two or three times and um Gemma uh, has the best point she says uh, and that's what they end up going with which is we don't know what the effects would be of killing freddie but the chronicoms do and that's their goal so maybe we shouldn't kill freddie yeah <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Really great point. That's the best. It's a great. That's a great answer to their problem, um, and I'm totally on board with it. But I kind of wish we just gotten that explored a little more, especially if 
one, our main character of the show is going to say, kill him anyway. <laughs> like I, that was, that was, that was kind of dark and weird. Yeah. Well, it, uh, for the, as far as the, the plot, uh, concern that you might have is, uh, on my end, the way that I'm looking at it is they did. The first episode was story heavy in that we have to establish all the pieces. We have to build the world, explain how our, our time travel works kind of for the most part. And then, you know, the interesting things are they go back in time and they think that it's they're they're having to save FDR and they, you know, they think that it's this way and it's this thing, it's that thing, but no, it's not. It's actually Freddy and it's Freddy Malik and it ends there. And it's like, that's the interesting stuff. Nothing else, in my opinion, nothing else interesting can really happen with that story other than the ethical debate of whether or not they should kill him. Yeah. And that's exactly what they did is they had some actiony type set pieces where you had to decide whether or not to save him. And then you have the parts where you have to decide whether or not to kill him yourself. And then they, you know, the characters made that decision. They, or were first were forced into that decision and then were carted away to another part you know, because they had their ticking clock. Um, they were carted away to the next part of the plot. And I feel like this is a bookmark right here where they are going to put a bookmark here, put a pin in this story, and then we're going to get a, a Fitz-centric episode next week. Yeah, man. I think that's what's going to happen here. I, I don't know it's going to be next week, but I think it's soon. I think we'll get a Fitz episode. I think they could go. I mean, I think the last season they went like three or four or five episodes before we got a Fitz episode. Um because we finally got that episode of him on the spaceship, but it was a few episodes in and I, I would, if it's, it's that catch 22 where it's like, I want to know where Fitz is, but I also don't want to leave this story. Like I want to stay in it. Yeah. Well, this is the perfect place to leave this story because they're riding that, that time wave out. And yeah, it would be really easy to just jump back in in 10 years, 20 years, whatever, and see what Enoch has built with Koenig and, you know, that's something that I do want to explore, but this is the perfect place to just say like, okay, you know, we finalized this little, this little nugget, you know, you've got your first adventure done. Like, let's explore this new plot hook or let's explore this new, you know, you've got a dungeon delve over here. We'll get back to main story here in a second. And I'm okay with that. Like, this is a perfect spot for it. Yeah. I, I wouldn't mind. I don't know if they're going to do it, though. I don't know if we're going to leave the main story just yet. Because who else is missing? No one else is really missing, right? It's just Fitz. Yeah, just Fitz. It would feel weird to leave the whole main cast behind, but I, that's the story they've got, you know? Anyway, I think we, that's about it for today, guys. We are the MCU cast, uh, Marvel Cinematic Universe podcast. Uh, hit us up at strandedpanda.com and join us for some uh, some fun over there. That'd be uh, that'd be good. You can find this this show as well as all of our other shows, in, and we've got shows upcoming that are going to be starting very very soon. Uh, we actually recorded a new sh first episode of a new show today, and I'm pretty excited about that. Yeah, it's going to be a good one. So we'll be dropping more info about that real soon. Um, yeah, that's it. Peace. Until next time, true believers. Thank you.